Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. All right, everybody, welcome back to this insanely fast-paced off-season. And this is Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla, at AlexPadilla86. He's Alex Regla, at AlexMRegla on Twitter. Let me start off by saying, dude, you've been, you've been giving me so much cool information on Twitter, like especially with some of these signings where, you know, the name sounds nice and, and it, it all sounds good, but then you really put it into context of what they can bring to the Lakers. We're going to get into all of that, but I just wanted to say your Twitter is a good follow right now, man. So shout out to you. Oh, man, appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun. I love doing that stuff. Uh, unfortunately, like, the leak site changed its like user interface so it's really really hard to like navigate now so it, it is time consuming but i love uh putting together these threads and stuff yeah i'm i just tweet gifs yeah <laughs> so and i say gifs i don't say gifs so um that's what i tweet i just like i see something and i'm like that's cool like that's great or um you know what i mean like it's just i'm like such a fan when it comes to certain things of the lakers that i don't even want to like analyze it yet i just want to like sit back relax and be like look at what rob palinka has done this offseason and tell me where he's gone wrong like you just can't in my head and then you start breaking it down and you're like okay we can you know you know, here and there and here and there, maybe. But from the outside looking in and just on the surface level, I tweeted it and I'll say it here. That's a 10. Like he rebuilt a championship team and on paper got better. I I think if anyone is criticizing or trying to find fault in the roster so far, I think they're like, just reaching at this point i it's hard to critique what rob and the front office did it's like you said they not only improved um they got younger which is really hard to do and they got tradable assets now right like montrez harrell on that cheap of a deal is a trade asset dennis schroeder his money's a little high but he's literally just could have won six man of the year He's on a team-friendly contract. He's like 27. That's a trade asset. So they were able to check multiple boxes this summer, or off-season, not summer anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, and get better, like Dude, you said. The talent, this, the, the youth, the contracts. Sorry to interrupt you. It's, just, it's funny because you're like, this summer, but really, it's just last week. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, it literally all happened in a span of, what, five, six days? Yeah, I mean, they got their roster completed basically like a huge overhaul in what three days maybe yeah it went quick but you were saying that the you continue what you're saying because it's a good point yeah no like it like i compared to baseball like with the dodgers and how they kind of approach their roster building they not only want to compete now but they want to set themselves up to compete for the future right like that's their motto that's why they have a great minor league system that's why they don't trade their young guys for flyers or one-year vet guys they kind of try to ch check multiple boxes. And I think Palinka and the front office, because we have to give credit to the rest of the guys and scouting uh, department they have there for accomplishing a lot in a little amount of time. Like we forget, like they had that quick turnaround from the finals to quickly go into a uh, off season where they had to make all these moves. And they not only like stood pat, but they were proactive to get better. And that was impressive. 
It really was. And at the moment that we sit here on a Tuesday afternoon, Anthony Davis hasn't re-signed yet. Uh, that's the only thing really officially missing. Until, Like I said, until he signs it, I'm still a little tiny bit nervous. Obviously, all signs point to him re-signing. We don't know for how long or whatever, but that's really the only thing missing here for the Lakers roster. And what we're going to talk about today, since you know none of this is breaking news, all, none of the moves are breaking news. They've already happened a couple of days ago, and they've officially been announced by the Lakers, which is nice. So, you know, they're, that, that they're done. They've happened. Um, what we want to talk about is our favorite move so far this offseason. I mean, you you just ran down the list of pretty much all the new players they got. Mark Gasol, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell. They also re-signed KCP. Um, am I missing another Mark reason Keith they re-signed? Morris also. Markeith Morris, that's the one. Markeith Morris on a very, very, I think, surprising move, maybe, for as cheap as he was. They obviously offloaded JaVale McGee. They lost Dwight Howard. Danny Green was traded. Um, every Bradley was, is resigned somewhere else. Rondo resigned as well somewhere else. So I don't know how often this happens in the NBA when you have a championship team and it gets completely rebuilt the way Rob Palinka has done it almost out of necessity because a lot of the guys opted out and kind of just created their own future. So it's been pretty impressive though. I mean, like you said, if you want to start to poke holes at it, I guess we can, but it's just overall impressive. And so for us here today, we're going to talk about our favorite move and then what it's going to, uh, you know, look like this upcoming year, which is like, what, three weeks away? Like yeah. camp starting like a week? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, this is the year, you know, and before we get to the moves, I keep reading about how, you know, this year the depth is going to be super important because... It was the shortened off season. It was the shortest off season of all time. Uh, games are going to be kind of, you know, cramped in together because it's seventy-two um, starting in December. So I see that, and I totally get it. And I'm not saying I disagree, but do you think that people are underestimating how long of a break these guys had? Like, I get it that they just came through the playoffs. It was like a long tournament, basically. It was what, uh, twelve? Was it twelve weeks? Something like that. Like it was a long tournament, but they just had four, five months off. Like that's the longest any of these guys have ever been off. So maybe I, maybe I'm just crazy, but I just feel like it's not going to be as big a deal as people are making it out to be. But it could just be me. Well, do you think, uh, like Rob in the front office, do you think they took that into consideration, Did, like with how they built this roster? I mean, there's definitely guys that you would trust more now than last year. Like, do you like I trust the roster they have now significantly more than I did the roster last year. And that's crazy saying that because the roster, you know, they were in first place in the West. They won the championship. But just from a name recognition standpoint, I like this roster better. And they're also better suited to give guys like LeBron and AD some breaks right like they can stay on the bench a little longer because you can mm -hmm. trust guys like shooter and montres harrell like don't forget like these guys were literally one and two in the six man of the right. year uh voting right. this past season and the lakers somehow got both of them on the same team and you still have kuzma right. caruso like that bench is going to be incredible i think 
and yeah yeah i mean dude this is this is great for kuzma too i feel like there's even less pressure on him now Mm -hmm. to score points because i think they actually have a bench that can score points how about saying it like that you know like i just feel like they have guys that can score this year i don't know if if once again there's going to be a consistent third guy obviously the lakers proved that you know kcp ended up being that guy i don't think anybody was really expecting him to be but I think the Lakers last year proved that you don't really need a consistent guy. You just need some other guy every game to step up and score some points, which I think the Lakers kind of have in, in droves now. Yeah. My biggest question before we get to our favorite moves so far is, did this team get worse defensively or did they get better defensively? And that might be tied into what one of our favorite moves are. But just in a general scope of things, the Lakers were really good defensively last year. Did they? But they also had the advantage of two giant centers and Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee shot blockers that just were bodies down below. Are Marcus Gasol, Montrez Harrell, they lost Avery Bradley. Like, did the Lakers get better or worse defensively? That's tough to say. Honestly, like, I get the question. I think that's definitely fair. And I think that is, if you're going to find critique in the roster or try to, like, look for concerns, I think that would be a place you would probably look at and, and just to see if... Because they're basically going all in on offense as well with this lineup, mm-hmm. right? This rotation, mm-hmm. uh, you do kind of worry that there's that trade off for the defense. I I do think they targeted the right type of players. Like Wes Matthews isn't Danny Green, but he is. If you're going to find a replacement for Danny Green at that price, like that's a good one. Um, I, I, and it's hard because last season with that roster, they came together so quickly on the defensive end. I'm not sure how repeatable that is, like, or how likely that is to happen again with any team. Like, the Lakers were uh, an exception to the rule last season with how quickly they, like, all came together chemistry-wise, defense-wise. It, it felt like they were playing on the same team for ten years. This is a totally different roster, totally different kind of dynamic. But I, yeah. I still think they're going to be good enough where it's not going to be felt. The drop-off isn't going to be as felt as we might expect it to right and then let's also not forget the whole dynamic of chemistry (laughs) the lakers were one of the teams that they're just like this does everybody got along at least from the outside looking in everybody got along and that was such a big deal when you were in a bubble obviously this year no bubble just a little different but the chemistry of the lakers it just seemed to all work and gel so perfectly that you know we'll see what happens this year you don't know until everybody gets in the locker room every single day right like you don't really know how that's going to play out um so we'll see but let's get to it you have a favorite move i have a favorite move it's all going to tie in together into the grand scheme of the lakers offseason so far so and by the way they still could add pieces the roster is not set how many roster spots did you say i were still open i believe there's two or three okay and if one of those goes to Palgasol, it got like you it's an 11 out of 10 yes. just for the yeah. just for the straight like ceremony of it all. Like this like I don't even care if he plays or not. Like if you bring Palgasol and team him up with Mark and that would be awesome. But let's get to it. Let's go you go first and then I'll go second. What is your favorite move so far that Rob Polinka pulled off this offseason? So, yeah, so when you texted me this morning about and you kind of brought this up, I was thinking about it all day. And I actually was already thinking this yesterday. Um, I think it's Marcus All, and I'm not sure if they'll take the popular pick for this, but I think it's Marcus All for a few reasons. Number one, I think he makes 
all the other moves they made better. Like a guy like Trez, right? He's super good on offense. Like he's a huge energy guy. Um, but some of the issues with him, like you kind of mentioned, were on the defensive end, right? And I think a lot of that is because he's smaller than an, a normal center is, and that's why he's probably better at the power forward spot. And without a guy like Gasol, you would force Montrezl Harrell and AD to play more minutes at the five than you probably would want them to. So Gasol just kind of alleviates all that pressure off those guys and lets them play their more natural positions. Don't let them get that wear and tear over whatever it is, a 70-game season. And on the other end, he's still fantastic defensively. I think he's going to be a, a defensive upgrade over guys like McGee and I think even Dwight. I think he's a smarter defender. He does. He's not as explosive of an athlete as those guys, but he's still incredibly smart. He won Defensive Player of the Year just a few seasons ago. And on offense, he's an incredible pa- passer. Like you were saying, I tweeted out a bunch of his clips last night on my Twitter. Mm-hmm. He can pass from like the high post, from the elbow, in pick and pop situations. Like Laker fans are going to love Marcus All on offense, I think. And he spaces the floor. When's the last time we've had a center who actually shoots threes? Or allows a guy like Anthony Davis to kind of be the only big in the paint. Gasol can kind of just camp out there behind the three-point line and let him operate. So there's a lot of stuff I like about this Gasol signing. That's interesting that you bring up the defensive and the way, kind of just from an aesthetic standpoint, the way he looks compared to a Dwight and JaVale, you may not get that vibe just by looking at Marc Gasol, but you say that he might be an improvement defensively. So to me, I think I was more on the aesthetic looking of it that I think that's why I asked the question about defense is like, did they lose two perimeter defenders that were known to be perimeter? I'm not perimeter uh, key defenders in the box that you're like, did they get worse? Because Marcus Gasol maybe doesn't look it, but you tell me much better defender than, than maybe people realize. I think so. I think it's very similar to like Danny green's impact on defense where it's not totally noticeable or it's not going to pop out at you in the box score. But when you look at like the lineup data or just impact data, Danny Green's like always a part of every good defensive lineup. It's just because he knows where to go. He knows where the rotations are coming. He's not going to lose his guy. He's just going to be a smart, reliable defender. He's not going to gamble on defense. He's not going to do any of that stuff. Uh, and I think they need that kind of reliable, solid guy at center specifically. I think that's really important that it was a center who can also guard the bigger uh, centers in the league. Like Jokic gave the Lakers some issues, and they needed Dwight mm-hmm. to you know to handle some of that, or Embiid. And Gasol has a reputation of being a fantastic post-defender against those guys specifically. So they kind of, with Gasol, shored up some of the areas they needed help in too. Well, that's like, honestly, just by the name Gasol, like you just like the whole story behind him being traded for his brother, you know, drafting Mark and then getting his brother, getting a championship for his brother. There was always like some sentimental value to Mark Gasol, right? Because every Laker fan saw what he turned into. You know, every Laker fan saw him win a championship. And you're just like, man, you know, we got ours out of the trade. But it's always been like some sort of sentimental value with Mark Gasol. And it's really cool to see him finally become a Laker. And, you know, we'll see what happens next year. Does the age bother you at all? The fact that he's going to be 36 next year or in a span of about two months here, does that concern you at all? Um, or are you, you know, are you comfortable with what you saw last year? 
No, like he's definitely not the same player he used to be, right? And I think um, a lot of Raptors fans were kind of disappointed with how he played in the playoffs. But again, I again context matters. I'm not sure how much of that just has to do with having those four months off, and he's an older body. Like you have to kind of be in shape and engaged and in rhythm. You can't just take that break and come right back and play in the playoffs or adult like older player like that. So I'm not sure how much of that was just rust, but. Um, I, I wouldn't expect him to play a lot of minutes either. I think he would just kind of have the JaVale shifts, like start the games, start the thirds, or and then you mix and match. That's a good qu- That's a good point. So he's the starter, you think? I would hope so. You think Trez still comes off the bench? Yeah, I think Trez as an energy guy off the bench and then playing with AD like in those bench units as well it would be really beneficial. And you have a guy like Gasol who lets AD at least play the four to start games and not have to guard those bigger centers. I think it makes right. more sense, and and Harrell is good in that role. Do you think that there's a chance that they specifically try and go get another five? Yeah, I think that was a report actually. David Meneman uh, gave yesterday. I think it was on seven ten, I believe it was. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's the report that they're still looking for another center. A guy I like would be Dwayne Dedman, who was actually uh, released today from the Pistons. I think that's another guy, another body you can use, and again, another spacer for Gasol I I would probably look for another center yeah yeah because listen Montrez Harrell is 6'7 he's not really the 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 center even though like he might play a little tougher than his size but yeah we just went from JaVale and Dwight we didn't replace necessarily JaVale and Dwight we did get Mark so that'll be interesting to see if they do bring in somebody else I love the deal too I mean not just the sentimental value just I just have this perception of Mark Gasol being a really good player who can score, who can shoot, who can pass. The def- the defensive stuff was like a surprise to me. I guess I haven't really paid that much attention to Memphis basketball all that much or Toronto the last two years. So um, his numbers offensively have dipped significantly since he has been in Toronto, but that may just be what they were asking f- from him. May not necessarily be a what is Marcus all now. Might just be what Toronto was asking him to do. Um, I imagine that in the Lakers, it'll be a very similar role. Yeah, it, he's not going to put up like 20 and 10. He's not that type of guy anymore. Right. Um, and again, I, I've been reading a lot of Raptors articles and like how fans viewed him just to kind of do some research on Gasol. And a lot of the critique about him is actually he's been too passive, that he's kind of passing up shots that he shouldn't be. He's like being a little too unselfish, passing the ball. So that was interesting to see. So I would expect kind of similar uh, approach for him this year, especially when you have guys like LeBron, AD. But I, yeah, it was like a passiveness sounds pretty good. I here. was just gonna say, I think that actually could be beneficial for this team specifically when there's so many mouths to feed. Right, you have Harold Schroeder, mm-hmm. LeBron, AD, Kuzma. There's a lot of guys who want shots, and to have a guy like Gasol, he's almost, he would almost play like a Lonzo role, where he's gonna put up like five assists, five rebounds, five points, and have like a plus twenty in the box score. Like that's the yeah. role I expect him to have. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that part. I love the deal, too. So that's your favorite move so far this offseason. Plenty to choose from, which is pretty cool. But uh, for me, I got to go with Montrezl Harrell. Yeah. Just completely out of nowhere. Never even thought that he would be an option for the Lakers. I just assumed he was going to go back to the Clippers. But then when you look back and you look at the exit that the Clippers had in the bubble and how contentious it was and who, who was really outspoken was Montrez. And then the reports came out that he had a real big issue with Paul George and, and Kawhi and just kind of the whole setup of the team. 
So it does make sense that he left. Did I expect him to come with the Lakers? No. So I think a, that's what, that's what like pretty much raised my eyebrows. And then B, how can you be upset about getting the sixth man of the year? How can you be upset about 18.6 points and seven rebounds off the bench? Something that the Lakers just did not have last year. So I see absolutely nothing wrong with this move. I cannot even try and poke holes in it. I think it's impenetrable. I think it's a fantastic move. I think he knows now coming to the Lakers what to expect. Whereas last year he might have been blindsided because he was already there before Paul and Kawhi showed up. There was already this like cohesive chemistry going on between the Clippers. This we don't have a superstar, but we're really good together. And then that all got thrown off a cur off a cliff and it became Kawhi's team. Paul George was the outspoken one and he just wasn't comfortable with what was happening. Now there's no surprises. He knows he's coming to LeBron's team. He knows he's coming to he knows he's coming to Anthony Davis's team. I believe that Montrezl Harrell will accept that role like most players do when they come to a championship team. They know their role. They know they have to fulfill that role and they will accept it. To me, this was the best move. This was my favorite move. And my the most surprising yeah. move as well was this one. I, I completely agree. Like I when I read the report, because that like I don't know how closely you were on Twitter that first day of uh, free agency, but there was a lot of fake uh shot shams and fake woges out there with accounts tweeting out like just fake reports and i thought this was one of them freaking dweebs man <laughs> freaking dweebs out there like you really like who has time to just create woge like just to met like it's i get it but who has the time when like there's so much happening you really need to throw those into there yeah i didn't i luckily i didn't fall into one of those traps a lot of people did a lot of like higher ups like on streams and on tv i guess did but yeah, I thought this was one of those fake reports. I couldn't believe it when I first read it because this was a guy that I assumed would be out of the Lakers price range. I think like the assumption was he was looking for something in the teens, maybe closer to 20 in terms of what like he was going to try to earn. So to get him at the full MLE around 9 9 million or so. That was a shock. And I like Harrell a lot. I really do. I think he's going to be a I think he's going to be really great for this team. His energy and that hunger is something they need in, in this locker room after winning a championship. They need someone in that locker room who hasn't won one yet and who's going to be hungry to win one and to bring that energy. I think that's great. It's a great point. And like I, I tweeted this out like right when they're, when it happened, but even if you don't like Harold the player or if you're worried about his defense or the flaws in his game, it's hard to critique this move just because of at the, at the dollar amount they got him for. Like Montrezl Harrell at the nine million mark is just tremendous value. Like you can't, yeah. you can't knock it. It's like, say you have like a crowded outfield, right? And you somehow get this star player for like a fraction of the cost. You're not going to complain about it just because he's that's great value on this roster. And like talent upside is just tremendous. I I can't find fault in this move. Yeah, I can't find fault. Another thing that you bring up, that hunger, the fact that he hasn't won a championship, the fact that he wants to win a championship, you do never know the complacency can kick in. Mm -hmm. Obviously, in the NBA, in the NBA more than any other sport, actually, in the NBA only, do you get, like, repeat champions. So, we'll see what happens, but you're right. Like, they do do need those guys that still have never won, that do want that hunger, because, yeah, LeBron's chasing his own legacy, and and Anthony Davis, I'm sure, wants to win another one, but you never know how it's going to play out the second time around. Secondly, 
Him, he was added before Markeith resigned. I thought Keith was gone. I really did. I just thought he'd make more money somewhere else. And I figured he got his ring. Didn't his brother make a crap ton of money with the Clippers too? Like a ridiculous amount of money? Yeah, like $64 million. Yeah. So I just figured Keith was just going to go chase the, chase the money because, hey, I won my ring. I did my part. Turns out they got both of them, which is like, whoa. So the other reason before they signed Keith, I loved the, the Montrez deal was I just feel like a team needs a dick. Yeah. I've always thought that. I've always thought that they need someone to be a total dick, to be just the enforcer of the team. Like, listen, I know Trez made uh, headlines in the bubble, not for the greatest reason when it comes to Luka, but I'm talking about like that kind of fire, that kind of passion. Like, I love when a team has that guy. The Lakers really didn't have that guy last year. And, to, I mean, Keith was, but he was really mellow and kind of perfect. I don't know. Like, he just wasn't that guy. He last year but i feel like they a team really does need that and uh i i loved it and now they have both of them i feel like both those guys off off the bench is is going to be great i mean we saw how perfectly key yeah. blended in mm-hmm. to the lakers and quickly um obviously we'll see how everybody gels together as they progress here in the offseason so just together man i i like the bench was such a weird thing last year cuz like we had guys that would step up but Really, you're like, okay, who's going to score? And now you're like, you know who's supposed to yeah. score. That's such a big difference. Like, guys know – like, what was Kuzma's biggest issue? He didn't know his role, right? Like, he, he was always like, well, am I supposed to come in and shoot? Am I supposed to come in and pass? Like, I think roles are going to be pretty well defined this year. Yeah, just because they were – it's the same roles these guys have always been in. Like, we know – like Shrez and Shooter, right? Like they know what their role is. It's six man of the year. And they can do that together on this bench. Like they that pick and roll combo is gonna be great between those two guys. And it's cool that like for the first time I, I can't remember a bench this good for a Lakers team, honestly. I, I'm trying to recall when they've ever had first of all, a star like a star pairing in the starting lineup and then like a star pairing in the bench. You're basically yeah. getting two six man of the year off the same bench, and you're also going to have AD and LeBron also playing with that bench here and there. Like that, there's so many different like mix matching potential with this team. That's just incredible. Like I, this roster on paper, and it's just on paper. They have to play the games. They have to see right. how they gel. All that chemistry things we saw how firsthand how important that is. How their defense is all that taken into account, but on paper. This is probably one of the better Lakers teams uh, I can recall. Um, last offseason is when we started our podcast together. We've been doing it for a little over a year now. And when we did a podcast in the, in the free agency, do you remember feeling like defeated after Kawhi signed with the Clippers? And it was almost like consolation day, like Danny Green and whoever else followed after Danny Green. Like it was almost patchwork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt. And yeah, we had Anthony Davis and we had LeBron, so there's expectations of 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 being really good and, and all that. Now, don't you feel like you just triumphed the offseason? Like don't you feel like there's just like a, a, a celebration before the season even even starts? They they dominated this offseason. And, yeah, and like it's a completely different offseason. Like you said, it did feel like after the, the Kawhi thing, and you have to wait for Kawhi. Like we can't blame the front office if you have a chance to get Kawhi, you wait you put everything else on hold right like that's that was the right thing to do and thankfully they had a guy like danny green demarcus cousins all these other moves lined up after that but this offseason it felt like 
they had a checklist and a like list of names and targets and like boom 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 they got all of them like it, it just happened so quickly and like it almost like, surprised the league it surprised me like how quickly this happened and how easily it happened like what did they give up really like they gave up danny green who was important like i'm not trying to like undermine what danny green brought to the team he was really important and a late first round pick who was not going to play if the lakers even used that pick right for a 27 year old almost six man of the year who's coming off career numbers with the thunder who's on a playoff team they mm-hmm. add him they lose dwight you replace him with mark casal yeah uh you lose rondo and shooter basically replaces rondo you bring back keith you bring back kcp probably two of your most important playoff guys um just an incredible incredible yeah. offseason Two things before we wrap up here, this this podcast. I'm Alex Padilla, at Alex Padilla 86 at Alex M. Regla. That's him over there. Follow him on Twitter. It's fantastic. Um, two things. You bring up Dwight. Yeah. And you bring up Marcus Gasol. It did seem like Dwight was coming back for about an well, he hour. He tweeted right? it like, out. <laughs> right. So, so there was obviously miscommunication yes. there. Dwight obviously wanted to come back because that tweet was very much – you know, like it, that's what it made it seem. So clearly the Lakers were working on something yeah. to get rid of JaVale and they were probably focused on Mark. Yeah, all that's along, my right? theory. Uh-huh. So I'll ask you like this. Let's just assume that who would you rather have Dwight or Mark? Marcus. Okay. It's not close for me, honestly. Do you feel like we got the best out of Dwight we could possibly ever get? Yes. Me too. And Rondo, and I, I don't. That's the thing. I, that's oh, what I've been like. Yeah, you, you're. If you're expecting to get that same level of output from guys like Dwight, guys like Rondo, even Bradley, I think you're overestimating like that happening again. I don't think it's. You're yeah. fortunate to get number one playoff Rondo, and number two the best version of Dwight Howard you could possibly get at this stage of his career. Right. To expect to get both of those things again. I think that's that's probably unlikely. And instead, they retooled with like younger and better versions of those players. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Rondo got paid. Good for mm-hmm. him. You know, did his thing. It wasn't a thirty million dollar deal. It was a fifteen million dollar deal. So two year fifteen total, not two year fifteen each, which makes way more sense to me now. Um, <laughs> as far as Dwight goes. Um, I, I mean, like, I just feel like it would be so hard for him to replicate what he did again for the Lakers because, I don't know, man. I just, it's a feeling that I was like, even if he comes back, like, there's no way he's going to be as good as he was this year. I don't know why I think that. Maybe he would have proved us all wrong, but that's just the way I feel. I'm excited for Marcus All. So I will say Marcus All is, I think he's an upgrade offensively. I don't, like I said, I don't. I don't know yet. You seem to be pretty confident in the whole defensive thing. So hopefully that is very accurate because I I think that's the only question mark I have for the team is defensively. So that's my first question. Good to know. You would take Mark. I think I would too out of just more curiosity, sentiment, all that stuff. Second thing before we wrap up here, both of us were like last week, we were like listed a, a list of free agents that we thought the Lakers would get. And I think I made a prediction saying they're going to get one big name guy just one you're right you called it yeah 
Yeah, but I'm not trying to do a victory lap. I think they way overdid what I was expecting. <laughs> like, there's no way I was expecting all these names. Montrez Harrell, like I said, not even on the list. Uh, they did end up getting Wesley Matthews, who we mm-hmm. talked about last oh, week. And, and which is, like, just to say, he, that's a big, big get for them. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like, if that was the big name, like, that would have been a great mm-hmm. move. Rob Polinka just out, you know, it completely exceeded our expectations. So, um, hey, man. We'll see what happens. And what the great part about this offseason, I guess, is that we'll find out soon. <laughs> like, you know, they're, I think, is there three preseason games? I don't know why they're playing preseason games. I, I think games, they're but... even optional. Like, I don't even know exactly if they're going to play them or not. But, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what the beginning of the Lakers season looks like. I said this last year, and I was totally wrong, that it's going to take a while for them to all gel together. And then, boom, they just come out of the gate. Yeah, they lost opening night to the Clippers, but then they started off really well i don't know what to expect i just know it's going to be fun and it's going to be a lot of big names on the court the way the lakers team should be so um anthony davis if you're listening please sign that deal because we'd like to we'd like to officially have you on that report about um him waiting to see what Giannis does is interesting did you read that one yeah how did you take that one uh yeah, I, like, I how understand. Did you, what did it. you make of it? I, I think they, I think because I think like they want to play together. Essentially, like how Davis's contract would line up with trying to get Giannis here. I, like if he took a two plus one instead of a five year or something like that. So, so the okay because I had buddies trying to tell me like, oh, AD doesn't want to sign because he wants to go where Giannis oh, is, no, and I was no. like, I took yeah. it as. He wants to bring Giannis yeah. here, and he wants to leave flexibility to the Lakers to bring him here because he knows LeBron is 36, 37. Like, it makes more sense to me. Okay, thank you. Because I haven't spoken to you since all this has happened, and just wanted to get your take on th- that. We'll see do, what happens. That's way in the future. And do you think Giannis leaves? I kind of think he's going to resign now. Why not play out this year and see what happens? True. I mean, does he have to sign no. the max by a deadline? He can, he'll get the max regardless of what happens this year. Like, okay. even if he gets injured, he'll get the, the max. The Bucks are going all in, right? Like, they make they're making these moves to go all in yeah. right now. Um, they didn't get Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Yeah, that was a mess. Yeah. Freaking dude, who, who, how much money did he make? Like a ridiculous amount of money. I thought he was going to be a Laker at one point this offseason. Right. I think a lot of people thought maybe for a second there, but like, dude, he got paid. Yeah. Paid. Anyways, um, if I'm Giannis, I yeah, let's play this year. Let's see what happens. If if I like it, I'll stay. If I don't, I'll weigh my options. Anthony Davis didn't resign right away. He kind of played out this year to see what happens too. So like do you really blame guys for just kind of wait like why why sign now? Why not wait? Yeah, I mean I I I you could see the front office trying to put the pieces around them this year to convince them to stay. I'm not mm-hmm. sure the moves they made will get them over the top this year or not, but I wouldn't lock yourself into something that you're like 50-50 on, like if you want to be there or not. I would play yeah. it out, see how it goes. If you win championship, then yeah, but don't lock yourself. Giannis, Giannis does seem like the kind of guy that loves like the small town yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah, I think though. he's staying. Yeah. I would be su- I would be surprised if he left. How about that? Like yeah. if he left, I would be very surprised. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but really, Anthony Davis, please sign. Hurry up. Okay. 
That's all I got. Um, Alex, great to talk to you. Uh, COVID's crazy out there. Stay safe. You too. Thanksgiving is two days from today. Enjoy your holiday, however it is that you decide to spend it. I don't judge people. If you decide, if you people listening out there are getting with family, well, hey, you're getting with family. Do your thing. So, Alex, um, this was this was fun, man. What a crazy week, dude. Like, we went from, like, season reviews to look at this team, like, literally in a span of three weeks. It's crazy. crazy how much different this team is. I <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I'm excited. I'm actually after the moves they made. I am excited for basketball again. I was kind of like, oh, I need a little bit of a break after all that, but now that excitement's back after seeing what they did. All right. Well, we'll talk to you uh, next week. We'll see. I'm pretty sure the Lakers might be finalized their roster by then. We'll see what happens. Uh, Alex, uh, prediction. I don't oh. know what is there to predict. What is there to predict this week? Do they? How about this? Do they sign Pal Gasol? Oh man. My heart says yes, please. Uh, no, but I think they probably get like Jared Dudley back and a center and a point guard. I'm going to say yes, okay. emphatically yes. I hope you're true. I, I, ho- I hope you're right. I hope yeah. I'm right. I hope I'm right. All right, man. Uh, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. I'm Alex at Alex Padilla. Subscribe to Silver Screen and Roll on Apple, Spotify, Google, basically anywhere that there's podcasts. Also, silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers news. Honestly, shout out to everybody there because, like, the news breaks at... Sorry, my dog is all of a sudden in here scratching. Uh, Shout out to everybody at Silver Screen and Roll because, like, whenever this breaks, there's something news up right away. So shout out to everybody there. Go check them out for all your Lakers news. Alex, thanks, man. Have a great week. You too, man. Thank you.